Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Be safe. Coming to you live from the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio. Oaklawn, Arkansas's only casino resort. Now, here's Justin Agri and Wes Moore on the Buzz Radio Network. 20% skill, 15% concentrated power of The Zone at the Little Rock Touchdown Club is brought to you by Arkansas Urology, the state's leader for urological care. With unmatched expertise, state-of-the-art facilities, and the latest technology, Arkansas Urology is well-equipped to provide world-class care for all Arkansans. Clinics now open in Benton, Conway, Little Rock, and North Little Rock. Learn more at ArkansasUrology.com. Snatch Johnson with the play. Touchdown, Arkansas. Wow, what a great read by Snatch Johnson. Coming from his nickelback position, he saw the running back just kind of go An intercepted pass by Snatch Johnson and Arkansas. Just like that, Quinn Groby's right back in the game. Third down and ten. Jefferson gets protection this time. Going deep. He's got a man open. Armstrong inside the five-yard line. Touchdown, Arkansas. Armstrong near the goal line. Caught it. Got in before the knee touched. 48 yards and a score. He's going to hand the ball off to Moss. Straight ahead. And the Razorbacks kept him out of the end zone so far. They keep pushing the pile, and now they, they've not signaled touchdown. I think they're just going to say the game's over. Texas A&M wins the game. Hogs didn't play very well. A&M was better. 34-22, our final in Arlington. I appreciate the effort, the, the fight that we had throughout the entire game. I thought when Snacks picked the pass that that would springboard us where we just we couldn't get anything done in the red area uh, and really in the second half offensively uh, couldn't get first down uh, so uh, give A&M the credit we've got a lot of work to do but uh, I like our kids I think they'll come back and fight uh, but uh, wasn't a good outing today an understatement. Welcome into the zone live from the Little Rock Touchdown Club today. We're going to have a little fun despite a rough weekend for the Razorbacks. Yes, it was not a very good day for Arkansas. Sam Pittman pointing out something that we all watched together on Saturday morning. And if you had indigestion the rest of the uh, afternoon on Saturday, it's understandable. A disappointing performance and not a shocking loss, but obviously one that I think fans were hopeful for. So the losing streak continues for Arkansas and this week will mark the longest losing streak in Sam Pittman's tenure at Arkansas, tying his first year there as they lost the last four games of the regular season back in 2020. And that is obviously an assumption by me and most people. And then, of course, you have Alabama on the road looming following that. So Sam is about to uh, endure, I think, the longest losing streak of his head coaching career, and that is concerning, obviously, for fans. So it's good to be here. We've got Jim McMahon coming up the legendary Chicago Bear, two-time Super Bowl champion, and one of the brashest players, really, in NFL history. And so we'll talk to him about state of the game today, what he's up to these days, uh, his thoughts on the Bears organization, which obviously has struggled of late. He played for a handful of teams, but he still identifies as a Chicago Bear, and it has not been easy for uh, for Bears fans of late. They had another disappointing loss yesterday to one of the worst teams in the league when they had a very good opportunity to pull out a victory. And some questionable calls on fourth down, Christian. That's the theme of the day today. We're going to talk about that related to the Chicago Bears and also the Arkansas Razorbacks, a team that just refuses to go under center and quarterback sneak it, despite that being a very popular play for teams all over the country at all different levels. So 
We will uh, delve into that at the bottom of the hour with uh, Clint Sterner. Wes Moore is working his way back from Louisiana. He'll join us later this hour. And those are really our two guests today, so that'll be enough. And then we'll hear from Jim as he addresses the Touchdown Club today. And, of course, going to be get a recap of the entire weekend, NFL college, and whatever else you want to get into. We can talk a little bit about the Ryder Cup as well. And, uh, Christian, as I look through the top 25, Georgia holding on by a very thin margin to that number one spot in America. And honestly, to me, you know, again, not to suck up to the pigskin, I don't know what kind of mood he was in on Friday, but they, to me, have been the most solid team really nationally all year. Texas, I guess, could be in the conversation as well. But those are the two teams, to me, that really have had uh, virtually no challenges or slip-ups, and yet they sit there behind Georgia because I guess people want to see it proven to them that Georgia's not the best team in America. Michigan climbing, I guess. They got 12 first-place votes. Texas got 10. Georgia 35. This is in the AP poll, of course. Um, but anyway, I mean, Georgia, again, not overly impressive, but good enough as they knock off an Auburn team that is offensively challenged. And the thing that's crazy, uh, Christian, you got one team out of the SEC in the top ten. One. Alabama's at 11. Ole Miss, which Arkansas plays this week, is 16. Kentucky, Missouri, Tennessee, and LSU from 20 to 23 in that order. And then you got Texas A&M just on the outside looking in, but obviously hosting Alabama this week and a chance to move into the top 25 with a victory. Yeah, um, I guess people are going to vote Georgia until they lose. Right. They're going to be number one. But Michigan has been very impressive, although they haven't played anybody, and they won't play anybody until Penn State, pretty much. Yeah, what's the? I wonder what the uh, separation is there between... I'll have to look at their schedule between Penn State and Ohio State. Uh, I think it may be back-to-back. Okay. Well, those are tough games. Um, that'll make it very difficult. No, it's not. It's Michigan versus Penn State on November 11th. Then they got Maryland, then Ohio State. But that's a tough finish still. You're right, though. They have not played a very significant schedule, but they're dominating the games. And their defense has been spectacular, right? Right. I mean, you, you you gave up three to East Carolina, seven to UNLV, six to Bowling Green, seven to Rutgers, and seven to Nebraska in Lincoln this week, and they pound them 45-7. to seven. They go to Minnesota this weekend, host Indiana, which just fired their offensive coordinator. They go to Michigan State on October 21st. They host Purdue on November 4th. And you're right, it's a cruise. They have an absolutely soft schedule outside of those two games. But the bottom line is, if you're winning in a dominant fashion, I have no issue with it, honestly. You got to go to Happy Valley, and then you go to host Ohio State in that final game of the year, potentially for, I mean, a de facto play-in game. Although, if both teams are clean at that point, um, you know, you're going to have a chance for both those teams again. I would think, you know, depending on what shakes out. But Ohio State, of course, has uh, they're going to host Penn State on October 21st, and then uh, of course finish at, at Michigan. So they also do not have a very difficult schedule, but they did pass that big test at Notre Dame. So they uh, they did have at least one really good out-of-conference game. And honestly, all things being equal, if they don't lose, uh, Ohio State's a, a shoe-in. And I would say Ohio State, if they lose close at Michigan, they probably still have a very good case to get in, don't you, if Penn State has a loss or two? If Penn State loses both games to Ohio State and Michigan, and Ohio State runs the table until they and they lose to Michigan close or competitive at all, i got to think maybe Michigan and Ohio State both are in the conversation for the championship. And this is also, of course, assuming that Michigan or Ohio State or Penn State don't slip up in the Big Ten championship game, which is too much of a stretch of all of our imaginations at this point, I think, in the season. Well, I think both would have a case if Texas or uh, USC loses. Yes. Because USC, there's, there's yep. about four teams in the Pac-12 that are in the running for the playoffs right now. No doubt. No doubt. Well, it's... Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously USC continues to concern even at five and zero. That's why they're ranked. Yeah, that's why they're ranked ninth because they keep giving up a ton of points and got a scare out of Colorado. Honestly, we got what we wanted out of that game or expected out of that game. I didn't expect it to be quite that tight, but I thought I thought USC would score more than fifty. Honestly, so they end up getting held down a little bit. But that game went way over the seventy four or whatever it was as a total. So that was not overly surprising. I mean, we're gonna give game balls and jock straps here in a little while. But I mean, my biggest game ball of the weekend goes to Ole Miss. I mean, outscoring LSU and. Um, you know, again, I think the argument was made pretty pretty uh, loudly by people that Alabama's defense is significantly better than LSU's, and that has uh, shown up. I mean, the last couple of weeks, LSU giving up 30 to Arkansas, and then what they did this last weekend, just, you know, letting Ole Miss go through them like a hot knife through butter, is, uh, is pretty indefensible for them. But also, yeah, USC's in the same boat. Like, their offense is great. But if you can't stop anybody, eventually you're going to get caught, especially when you're playing teams of the uh, the level they have to in the Pac-12, to your but, point. 
Yeah, but you got to think uh, one of USC, Oregon, or Washington's definitely going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I would think at this point, and I'd have to look at how their schedules play out. Um, back to the schedule thing, you can also make the case that Georgia and Michigan have comparable schedules. Because Georgia has played UT Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, UAB, Auburn. Yes. And they'll play Kentucky, Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee. Those are the only ranked teams they'll play all year. Okay, well, those are good teams. I mean, Missouri, again, I'm still not sold on Missouri just because it's Missouri, partially, I'll admit it. If Missouri was named even Ole Miss, I'd probably feel differently about them, but I just don't buy into Missouri right now. But they're 5-0. and And, again, we were talking about karma earlier. Maybe that's a little John Neighbors karma talking trash about him before the season. And he's right, though. I mean, again, we just don't take Missouri seriously enough. And every year you line up and you go, we're not going to lose to these jamokes. And then you go out there and you lose to them. Every year it happens, it seems like. So they uh, continue to find a way to win. And uh, obviously beat up on a not very good Vanderbilt team this weekend. But Missouri's sitting there at 21. LSU falls to 23 after the loss this weekend. And Ole Miss rises up to 16 from uh, their previous position at 20. So it's it's very strange year in the SEC because there's not a great team in the West, and there may only be one great team in the entire conference in Georgia. Well, that leads us leads us to our question. I think we expected the West to be a little more wide open this year at this point, and we are getting exactly that right. I mean, there is. Um, obviously some debate as to who is the best team in the West. And Alabama's got another big test this weekend against Texas A&M on the road. I think if Alabama wins this weekend, it's, it's theirs to lose, obviously. They're going to be in great shape. But I'm not sold on the fact that they're going to win this week. What's that? I have to check that line. But uh, who are your four teams, Christian? Would you line up there? Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. Were you surprised by what happened in, in Oxford this weekend? Yeah, I didn't think. I thought LSU would beat them. I did, too. Obviously, that was my lock of the week. I really felt like they'd go on the road. Coach Kelly tried to talk me out of it last week, and I didn't listen. I already made my pick by then, but it was too late. So, so far, the overwhelming leader is Alabama, and I would probably have to choose Alabama as well. They already beat Ole Miss. If they take care of business against LSU and A&M, then it's them. Yeah, matchups are obviously critical. I think LSU can score enough on Alabama to make it interesting, and I'm not sure... You know what Alabama's offense will look like. They still think they're somewhat limited, but they're playing such good defense. So I still wouldn't be surprised if LSU finds a way to knock them off. But that doesn't mean Alabama won't win the West. When's the LSU A and M game? Let me look at their schedule. Um, let's see here. Any other questions of the day? That's it. That's it for today. Okay. LSU and Missouri this weekend. LSU is almost a touchdown favorite on the road against an undefeated Missouri team. If there's any question whether or not Missouri's getting real respect or people actually think they're good, uh, that's the situation there. I mean, they're not getting any love at all, basically. They beat uh, Kansas L- State. That's their, that's their win. Yep, that's true. And that was a good win. That was at home. Yeah, it was. LSU's a, almost a touchdown favorite on the road. Uh, LSU does not play Texas A&M until the last game of the year. That's that new rivalry game. That's right. So that's their final game of the year. Um, So they've got A&M at home, which will not be an easy game. They've got to go to Alabama on the 4th of November at at, uh, Missouri this week. So play an Army out of conference on October 21st, too. And how about Florida? Did not expect that this weekend, either. To get destroyed by Kentucky? Yes. And Kentucky, I mean, they ran the ball down their throats. That was impressive. 33-14, 33-14, Cats all over them, and Kentucky maybe not getting enough respect. You knew they were going to be good defensively, showing a little bit of offensive prowess this weekend, but they jumped into the rankings up to number 20 from previously unranked, passing a big test. So, yeah, the wild, wild SEC this year is living up to what we expected, where it was kind of Georgia and everybody else for the most part. Alabama can obviously put themselves in the conversation again by winning out. Um and the, the loss to Texas obviously got them a little bit off schedule. So, I don't know. We'll, uh, i got to look at Kentucky's schedule because we got to start looking at them as a real player. I'm impressed by what I've seen from them. Um, I, I'm impressed. they, go to, they got I'm, Georgia this week. We'll find yeah. out this week, right? I was about <laughs> to say, I'm not, I'm not convinced that they can uh, well, battle with Georgia. Yeah, I'm not either, but if they do, then they get Missouri at home. They get Tennessee at home, at Mississippi State, Alabama at home. Uh, they go to a top 25 Louisville team at the end of the year. I mean, they're going to be tested, that's for sure. So good luck to Coach Stoops and company. If you want to join us today, 661-1037. Um, you can also hit us up on Southern Structural Solutions text line. Same number, 
six six one one zero three seven, and Asher Record Live Fan Feedback. Back to the Razorback game for a bit. Thirty four twenty two the final. By the way, Arkansas's offense struggled mightily. Uh, one hundred seventy four yards against four fourteen for A and M, and a number of things that went wrong, and a lot of it again in short yardage situations. You know, you go back to the early part of the game, Christian, where they've got a, a fourth down or third down play, and they run the draw to the delayed handoff. Incre- just yeah. It, I don't know what they were doing. It was such a slow developing play in a tight in a tight red zone situation, and the thing is, if the if it hit a little bit quicker, it was still wouldn't have mattered. You got a linebacker. I went and watched that play about seven times this morning. You got a linebacker eyeballing Rocket Sanders. Defensive line got a good push in the middle of the line too, so he couldn't have kept it either and gone the other way. So I don't understand the play call. And again, we're going to harp on this all day long, and we're going to talk to Jim McMahon about this. But you saw. You know, other people weighing in on this. This is really the story of the weekend. Arkansas refusing to go on fourth down. And they have talked about, you know, defensive fronts. They talked about box counts, of all that kind of thing. Everybody that gets a quarterback sneak situation is going up against a loaded mm-hmm. box. That's how it works. But you still find a way. Not every time does it work, admittedly, but I don't understand the thinking of not trying at all. At least try it once, and then you can shut the fan base up, right? And then you can go, hey, we tried it. See, we can't get a push-up run. I tried to tell you guys. At least show me it. Let me see it. And and pull that K.J. Jefferson clip if you would. Because the only argument I saw online this weekend was like, well, maybe he's not comfortable going under center. Something pretty much every quarterback has done at some point, right? I would think even if you grew up in a spread offense and you grew up playing in the shotgun, surely on a K- – if nothing else, you got to go under center to take a knee, right? If for the victory formation, you need to learn how to take a snap from under center. I guess you could snap the shotgun and take a knee. Anyway, he was asked about it. So here's KJ on going under center because to me, this is the only thing that would be any kind of argument to the contrary on a fourth and one play for him not to sneak it ever. Again, if you don't want to do it every single time, fine. But to never sneak, I don't get it. No one does. And the the handoff that they ran on the fourth and one play later, no good. Uh, uh, again, slow developing. You're not getting enough of a push up front. You need something quick. I, I mean, throw it every fourth down. I don't care. But do something different. But we all want to see a quarterback sneak. The play goes back to the early 1900s. There's a reason why it's still in favor. Uh, while it's still in fashion, despite the, the way the offenses have evolved, uh, especially when you got a quarterback like KJ. I don't get it, man. Anyway, here's KJ on going under center. Uh, of course, I'm comfortable uh, with taking the snap under center. I mean, we work it. We practice it all week. Um, so I'm comfortable under, under center. Um, and as far as um, the fourth and short, I mean, like I said, we got to execute. Uh, we know it's one yard we got to get, game of inches. I mean, we know we got to come away with those in those situations. We got to be able to screen and be, be tough and be willing to go get the first down. Yes, you do. So we um, also have Pittman explaining why KJ isn't under center. I think we should hear that as well. Yeah, let's do it. You know, once he gets under center, um, they're, you know, the the front on the defense is certainly going to change. Um, not really. We we just felt, honestly, if we felt better about him sneaking, you know, we we would do that. Um, um, but no, not really. Just just the fact that they're going to have you know five guys within within the A and A and B gap. Don't they already? Like what's the <laughs> I don't get the I don't get the argument for this. I just just do it. Just do it once. Just for me. Just please, one time. We just want to see it one time. And yes. I mean, even if the defense knows the quarterback sneak is coming, that doesn't matter. You're so close. That's the point. Right, that's the point of the quarterback sneak. You know it's coming, but you're not supposed to be able to stop it. And he okay, so he also talked about the offensive line. So we all got to find the offensive line's not good enough to get a push up front, which is pretty crazy. And, and, you know, again, you're talking about, what, you're four for Sam Pittman? Yeah. It's kind of hard to believe that. But, anyway, here's what he said about the offensive line after the game, too. Part of it is, you know, we're playing pretty good defensive ends. Uh, but you're going to play them every week. You know, they've got good ones. Uh, part of it is, is we're young. You know, we, we, we um, got a, learning, a lot of learning curve to do. We do have, in my opinion, the best tackles we have out there. You know what I mean? And uh, um, sometimes, to be honest with you, sometimes, you know, two of them were on a seven-man protection where we're using the backs and the tight ends. 
and they were blitzing it. They blitzed it twice and uh, uh, got to us on that. Uh, sometimes we're holding the ball too long, and sometimes there's no time to hold the ball. You're on your back. So, I, Yes? This just this just shouldn't be an issue in year four, I don't think. I agree. The, these are the two stories of the game. Not going under center and offensive line play. The offensive line is maybe the worst I've seen in my life at Arkansas. Like up there yeah. with Chad Morris. It's bad. Okay. I'll listen to that. What they had, they had 15 tackles for loss. 15. Yeah, Wally was talking about it this morning. They've had, I think, a quarter of the play, a little more than a quarter of the plays went for negative yards. You're not going to win very many games like that. That's safe to say. And how many sacks did they end up with? Six or seven? I think it was seven. It's hard to win games when you have that many negative plays. It really is. Yeah, seven sacks or 41 yards. The other piece of the puzzle is, and I have some confidence in Arkansas's defensive front, but you had zero sacks by Arkansas this weekend, right? I, I believe so, so, yeah. Yeah, they had no no sacks. You had no sacks, you allowed seven. Hard to win a game like that. Uh, if you want to join us today, again, 661-1037. Southern Structural Solutions text line is open at uh, 661-1037. Asher Record Live Fan Feedback. Let's get Brendan here. We'll take a break and get Clint Sterner's thoughts. I'm sure he's not going to be particularly happy. And, you know, the question is, are, are you... In any way, confident Arkansas is going to find a way to win some games outside of Florida International. And we could ask that. I mean, that's kind of been the thought process. I still don't think they're so bad that they can't win or won't win any more games outside of FIU. But it is hard to be real confident. But you're going to have a shot, I would think, in a number of these games. And the other thing, too, Christian, you know, you gave up the sacks. You couldn't muster much offense. But you win the turnover battle, right? Three mm-hmm. to one? Yeah, and you still get smoked, and one of your turnovers results in a touchdown. Of course, you gave up one, and you gave up a special team score too, which is uh, an issue, but not shocking. Um, by the way, Nice Smith is really, really good, mm-hmm. so uh, I'll give him that. And A and M's talented; they've really recruited well. So, I mean, again, if you hadn't lost the BYU game, I think I'd feel differently about this one. But you just needed to steal, you know, find a way to get this one because, again, going to Ole Miss and trying to keep pace going to be a tall order. I mean, certainly you saw Ole Miss's defense will give up something. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was a bit of a shootout this weekend, but it's our, hard to believe they're going to go on the road and win the next two weeks. Yeah, our offense has not showed me enough to me for me to be convinced that we can put up enough points to stick with Ole Miss. I think I'd have to look at the numbers. But I think A&M's defense is pretty good, though, too. So Ole Miss's defense is not as good as A&M's. Can we agree to that? Yeah, we can agree on that. Okay. Brent, what's up, buddy? Justin, I am past frustrated. I've been trying to okay. thank goodness you you take my call. I waited. I I was on hold for for forty minutes on drive on the show with no name. That's ridiculous. Are you frustrated are about you Arkansas? Or are you frustrated about being on hold? I'm frustrated about the Razorback first and foremost. I mean, okay. our coach Sam Pittman is not giving us a chance to win the game. Going forward on fourth and one at the minus 33 with two less than two minutes in the half to go. I mean, we gift wrapped a touchdown to the Aggies. We're not a good enough football team to be put in that position. I'm just telling Oh, Brent's really that wasn't us now. I didn't do that. That wasn't me. Here's my deal. I've always said this since I was a little kid, and I don't know crap, but I will say this. If you can't get one yard, you don't deserve to win the game. That's always been my philosophy. If you can't find a way to get a yard, you shouldn't win the game. And they can't find a way to get a yard on a regular basis. And guess what, Christian? They're not winning very many games right now. Let's try Roe, and then we'll hit the break. What's up, Roe? Hey, a couple of things real quick. Him going for that fourth and one, that was more so in him. I think that was him just trying to prove people that they could do it or whatever, uh, trying to speak that one. He he shouldn't have went for that one because – that was that was the game, momentum and everything. Uh, but I, I, I'll say this: I say this. Uh, if you ha- if you can get pressure with with three or four linemen, then you could you could stop our offense. Uh, so if anybody has that on that defensive line, then we're gonna have problems with that team. Um, Pitt does get another year, then next year we're going into a situation where he'll have a veteran offensive line. I think we all agree. Uh, a lot of the younger guys, they, they just aren't ready yet, but the talent is there. So they'll be in their third year next year. 
uh, and you know, <sighs> I don't know, man. I'm 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 really at a loss for words. You know, I I, I told a lot of funny <laughs> lies about the thing, uh, and oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, it could get it it it, it could and it's probably going to get bad, guys. It, it, it probably is. Apathy hasn't set in yet, but it's it's around the corner. Oh, I think it has for some people, Ro, and I appreciate the call, my man. We got to hit a timeout. Let's get Clint Sterner. Yeah, we'll get Clint Sterner on the other side and get his thoughts. But yeah, no, I I think there absolutely is some apathy because for many people it feels like more of the same. And the problem is they don't see any light at the end of the tunnel unless it's a train coming at them. So we'll talk about that with Clint on the other side. I'm sure he's pretty disappointed as well. It is 10:31, and you are in the zone, and we're gonna. Hit our break as we uh, do so. want to tell you about uh, what's going on over at Cash. Great place to get a little lunch and obviously a great spot for dinner. And if you want to book a holiday party, Cash Little Rock is a great place to go as well. And if you're going to book something over the holidays, I would strongly encourage you to get on it ASAP because there's only so many dates around the holidays. Also, if you're going to uh, get a uh, – you need a private event or maybe you got a uh, – a wedding reception or a wedding, like a rehearsal dinner going or something like that, any kind of special event or a corporate event, want to impress some clients, great place to go. And there's two rooms. They get the buyer room, which holds about 30. And then upstairs, you can get 150 comfortably. So it's a great space upstairs for a large gathering. And then you've also got the patio outside. You get free valet parking, obviously a great variety to the menu right there on President Clinton Avenue, great spot. And lunch, 11 to 2, 5 until the last seating at dinner time. Monday through Saturday. They're closed on Sunday, but again, if you want to get in on a private event, check out their website, cashlittlerock.com. That's C-A-C-H-E littlerock.com or call them at 501-850-0265. 501-850-0265 and get your event booked today. 1032, Clint Turner coming up. Razorback legend Quinn Grovey joins Randy Rainwater and Rick Schaefer on Drive Time Sports every Wednesday afternoon at 4. Brought to you by the DHR Group of Sonic Drive-Ins. Center. It was an up and down weekend for Division One teams in the state of Arkansas. First, it was the Razorbacks who went down to Arlington, Texas, and fell to the Texas A&M Aggies in the Southwest Classic by a score of 34 to 22. Arkansas is now two and three, 0 and two in the SEC. Arkansas State has now won three straight games. Yesterday, it was the Red Wolves taking care of UMass. It was a route for the Red Wolves, 52 to 28. They are now three and two. Jalen Rayner threw for six touchdowns yesterday and 383 yards. UCA won against Southern Utah 29-27 in Utah. And then UAPB fell to Southern 27-0. I'm Josh Neighbors for the Buzz Radio Network. Hey, Razorback fans, it's Quinn Grovey. Check out the new location of Bell & Sword in Conway. Suits, shirts, vests, also polos with Arkansas logo gear from Johnny O and Peter Millar. A store within a store with Arkansas-made Martin Dingman shoes and leather goods. Fantastic service with a tailor-owned staff to fit you perfectly. Go to the new location, Bell & Sword, 1011 Oak Street, Conway, or on Facebook and Instagram. 1037 The Buzz is your home for Arkansas Razorback football coverage each week. And it's brought to you by Kaufman by Design West, Watney Chevrolet, Watney Buick GMC, Rainwater Holton Sexton, PI Roofing, and Red River Ford. 1037 The Buzz, the hogs play here. There's nothing quite like outdoor living. And at Razorback Camper Sales, we've been bringing the camping lifestyle to families for over 50 years. We're Arkansas's oldest family-owned RV dealer with the best parts and service department in the state. Razorback Camper Sales has everything you need for travel trailers, fifth wheels, and pop-ups. Find out why our customers are always happy campers. Come see us in Hot Springs or online at RazorbackCamperSales.com. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the rumors are true. Your favorite sports bar is coming to North Little Rock. Brewskies is proud to announce a second location is coming to the Lakewood Shopping Center. And it won't be too long where you can get the same great pub grub, happy hour specials, and late night fun when it comes to North Little Rock. Voted the number one sports bar in Little Rock for the last four years to catch all the games all year long. Get ready, North Little Rock. Brewskies North is coming soon. Brewskies, you're home for lunch, happy hour, and late night. If you are looking for a safe and loving home for you or your loved one, visit Heartland Rehabilitation and Care Center. Just 15 minutes from Little Rock in Benton, our skilled nursing staff is dedicated to providing quality long-term care and short-term therapy. Visit heartlandrehabcenter.com. You can call Heartland home. It's almost time for the Arkansas State Fair, kicking off October 13th. Get ready for all the things you love, the rides, the music, and most of all, the great fair food. For complete details, go to ArkansasStateFair.com. The Arkansas State Fair. See y'all there. You're listening to the best midday sports talk show in all of Arkansas. You're in the zone with Justin Acre and Wes Moore. Coming to you live from the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio on the Buzz Radio Network. Tonight we Clint Sterner is brought to you by Motorsports Authority. Turner throws, With two great locations and hundreds of vehicles to choose from. Sterner, very confident. Throwing down the middle. This Clint Sterner is putting on a show. Check them out or visit online at msastore.com. Play fake, Sterner steps out of trouble. Wow. To a oh. wide open receiver. It's Cobb towards the end zone. Touchdown! 10.37. Best time of day. Let's head to the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Talk to Clint Sterner. And Clint, I can't repeat the word I just said to the folks in line for the Touchdown Club. But I'm sick of seeing the same something or other every week from Arkansas. And, again, it's a better team they lost to pretty obviously this weekend. I know you've been high on A&M all year, but the way they're losing is particularly frustrating, I think, for the fan base. So welcome in, and uh, give me your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I understand. I completely agree with the exception of the LSU game. The product, um, regardless of the opponent, the product has been – substandard. I mean, the, the product has been disappointing. The, the product has been um, unacceptable. I mean, I don't know how many how many different descriptive terms I can throw out there, but um, I think the fan base, rightfully so at this point in time, should be disappointed in what in what we're watching. Um, to your point, I, I think I think the better team won at LSU, but, but Arkansas put a good product out there. I think this week you had a team that um, has recruited better than than damn near anybody over the last handful of years, and they mm-hmm. they're finally they finally got some you know with Bobby Petrino getting in there offensively and some, some adjustments made their program they they're finally coming together. So they were clearly the more talented football team. But but if you just again as a fan you just focus on the product that is Arkansas football right now, it, it just doesn't show much promise. Whether it's against a team that's recruited a bunch of four and five stars. And it's coming together, or it's a team with a a, a comparable roster to yours. Um, it, you're just not going to win many games, is what is the Arkansas product right now. I know Dan Enos knows a lot more about football than I do. I will be happy to attest to that. However, uh, the unwillingness to put KJ under center and go for it on fourth and one. Look, here's the deal: football coaching is not brain surgery, okay? And I respect coaches; it's a hard job. But at some point, just because something's obvious doesn't mean it's wrong. Clint, you ran a quarterback sneak or two in your day, I'm sure, yes? Yes, sir, absolutely. How, how many times did you run a quarterback sneak against a three-man front? Very, against a three-man front? Very few times. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. So that's been, that's been Coach Pittman's argument all along as well. There's five guys up there between the tackles. Well, that's how everybody faces on fourth and short. And yet, people run the quarterback sneak effectively week in and week out at all levels of football. Can you help me understand the thinking here? No, no, there's no, there's no understand, there's no understanding. And I mean, it, it just, it just flat out doesn't make sense. I mean, you've got two hundred, you got a two hundred fifty pound quarterback. Um, I mean, that that guy should be able to, regardless of what, how you know, how good or, or bad you think the offensive line is, you get a hat on a hat. 
and he finds a crease and he go get you go get you a yard. I mean, with with a two hundred fifty pound quarterback, you have the luxury of not having to have Georgia's offensive line or the old Alabama offensive line or whoever whatever, whatever dominant offensive line group you want to throw out there. If I were behind it, yeah, you'd need you'd need you need a little bit of meat up front. But when you got two fifty that's built the right way, that's stacked about six three, um, you you should be under the center and and moving moving the pile. And look, I mean, I think. The, the alternative is, is makes it even worse. I mean, the, the shotgun, slow mesh, zone concepts that they're running mm. are just—they're—they're they're, none of it makes sense. There, there, there's two things to me, Justin, that that Arkansas's done offensively that I think um, if you do it once, okay, hey, you, maybe maybe you thought you had something, you know, you're gonna catch it slipping or or whatever. But when you do it multiple times, I question what the hell it is that, that you're doing. The two things mm-hmm. is when, when you go gun with a slow mesh, slow developing play at five yards deep, it doesn't make sense on third, fourth, and short or goal line situation. And then secondly, um, when you hold the offensive line or when you hold the offensive line of scrimmage um, in, in, a, in a loud, in a loud of, uh, uh, stadium uh, and, and, and you're looking at the sideline, you're going back and forth, and that, that whole thing, hold the offensive line and slow mesh makes no sense to me. I, I agree hard with you guys. And, and given everything that Arkansas has done to this point, to not go under the center now and at least give that a shot when the other stuff isn't working, I think is hard-headed as well. Well, let me tell you something. When they go back home in a couple of weeks, if there's a fourth and short and they go for it with a quarterback sneak and they get it, and when they get it, you're going to hear the most sarcastic, loudest cheer in the history of Razorback Stadium, and it's going to be, duh, hello, where you been with this? Yeah. So, yeah, and, you know, yeah, it just, the other part of it, too, brothers, like, they're not even, they're not using quarterback plus one run runs. I mean, they're, 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 they're calling plays to where the team can dictate that the ball, if it is a read, that the ball goes to the tailback. Uh, and again, it's that slow mesh, so they're five yards deep at a second beyond the, beyond the snap count. Um, uh, the, the snap of the ball, I'm sorry. And, and the, the threat of the, really the threat of your 250 pound downhill quarterback having the ball, just, you're, you're playing a 10 on 11 because he's not, you have the luxury of that big body quarterback. You have the luxury to play 11 on 11 football. You have the luxury to start downhill. Uh, immediately, and and you're you're deciding to go a different route. It just doesn't it doesn't make sense. Okay, I don't want to belabor that too much. Although we just did for a little bit there. <laughs> We're talking to Clint Sterner, brought to you by Motorsports Authority. Five of fifteen on third down, one seventy four total offense. The thing that's crazy to me, Clint, is you, you lost fairly convincingly, and you got a you got a pick six, and you won the turnover battle. Obviously, allowing a special teams touchdown is usually a death knell for most teams. But there aren't like you know some things that aren't positive here that are happening. A lot of negative plays, which is hard to overcome too. So again, overall, just not a great effort against a team that is better than you. My question is, Clint. I think for most people, this team's still looking for an identity. So, you know, what what do they need to do? What can they do with what they have? Because you're not going to get better personnel this year. You're gonna be, you're gonna have what you have. You're not going to change your coaching staff this year. You're going to have what you have. So what can they do to be a more effective team before the end of the year and try to squeak out six wins? Well, I, I think you got to simplify things across the board, man. I, I know that that sounds very fundamental, very elementary, but we talked about the quarterback plus one run stuff. I think I, I think I saw two, maybe three in the whole in the entire first half of that football game. Um, you know that has to be a big part out of the gate of every game plan. Um, that the the quick game, like like the, I think the biggest concern. I'm glad you brought up identity because after I watched that game, I'm sitting there thinking about it, trying to gather my thoughts, and I'm, I'm I'm thinking, what is the identity on offense? It's one thing. It's one thing to. I mean, they're clearly a team that wants to run the football, but but you're not going to be the the run team that you that you expected that you would be. Um, but I don't think you had the luxury of going away from it. I think you got to stay. You got to you got to stick with. Uh, attempting to run the football and and what, what I what I think is really missing the, the one adjustment they can make is I see zero attempt to get the football out of KJ Jefferson's hands quick. Um, I mean it, the obvious attempts in the screen game or the the, the smoke routes where you just stand up and throw it to somebody. Um, that, that's not what I'm talking about. I, I'm talking about where you know your your just your your quick game, your creative quick games, your your bunch routes where where you know two two guys are running five yard routes and you got a backside crosser at five to six yards deep. You're attacking that underneath zone just beyond the defensive line. The ball should be able to get out of K.J. Jefferson's hands quicker 
um, than than what we're seeing now. And 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 Danny knows, and in this offense's defense, I I don't have the all. I'm not watching the all twenty two. So it's it's one of two things: either either they're not calling enough of it, and it's, they're not doing enough of it, or KJ Jefferson doesn't have the ability, and he's reading everything high to low instead of low to high. So it's it's one of those two issues. But I think I think you ask what they can do. I think you continue to try to run the football downhill, forget the outside zone stuff, use the quarterback more, and get more creative, quick throws in your in your game for CJ Stroud because he just simply is not he is not a guy that's going to sit in the pocket and 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 pro- and get through progression consistently enough for you to win ball games. That's just not who he is. And and, and quite frankly, let's be honest, you don't have guys in this receiving core that can create separation. You don't. You've got some. You got some big bodies that can catch the deep ball, but you don't have guys that are creating separation in, in those in those times when you do run route concepts. So um, I, I think I think they got they got to incorporate quicker, more creative stuff in, in the in the game plan and uh, and see how that works. Yeah. Well, and the thing that stinks is, I mean, adding insult to injury or injury to insult, I guess in this case, as it were, you lose one of your most consistent weapons and has. For the season, basically. I mean, a collarbone six weeks, probably. I mean, he's likely not to play again this year, I would guess. Yeah. And then you lose, yeah. uh, you, you, you lose uh, McLaughlin with a with the concussion, or at least an apparent one. Took a whack in the head as he was trying to tackle that that big Johnson kid. Um, anyway, it, it was just, I mean, a lot of things went wrong. His bottom line. Hey, how about some well, positive? Well, I, Cam I mean, Little hit two fifty yarders. That was good. Yeah, he, and at one fifty, I think we've been good from seventy. Just let I me mean, look yeah. at the game. Look, I know it got, it got sideways. But if you look at this football game, there were two moments, and, and this is where Arkansas, you're just not a good enough football team to where you can't capitalize, where you, where you can afford to not capitalize on these moments, right? The, the missed field goal, you get the football back, it's 10, to, it's 10 to 6, I believe, you get the football back at the end of the first half with four minutes to go, you've got to put a drive together and at least get that thing to 10-9 going into halftime, right? I mean, that, that's just, you've got, you, you've got to create some points there, and instead, you end up giving A&M the football back, and they go down and score it at 17-6, right? I mean, that, that, was a, that was a huge turning moment in that game. And then in the second half, not the interception, the pick six is obviously nice for Arkansas, but then when Max Johnson comes back and fumbles the football right there, and I can't remember if, that, if that's where Arkansas got stopped on fourth down, or, or I can't remember exactly what happened there, but you got, I don't think, maybe you got a field goal. I don't think you got a field goal there. But those two moments are... Huge swings in that ball game where you either keep it tight or take the lead, uh, and Arkansas gave those opportunities away, and you just can't do that when you're playing a team like like A and M, who is as talented as they are. Clint Turner joining us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline, brought to you by Motorsports Authority. Uh, Alabama took care of business. Uh, Tennessee handled South Carolina pretty convincingly. Uh, do we need to start paying attention to Kentucky, or you think they'll it'll all even out with them once they get in the meat of their schedule? Well, no, look, man. I mean, when you look at how the rest of the East is playing, I mean, I mean, right now, I mean, Georgia, Georgia got scared again this week. They they, they got they, South Carolina scared them early, then Auburn scared them uh, massively this this past weekend. And so you look at the East and you go, I mean, who, I think Tennessee's already lost one game. So you look at that East and you go, man, it's really there for the taking. And and Kentucky is. To me, Kentucky is one of those Arkansas of the East, where man, you should just, you should expect in good years eight, maybe nine wins, and, and every now and then you string something together. Whether it's because that side of the conference isn't as good as it or dominant as it typically is, or maybe you've got a couple of Darren McFadden, Matt Jones, Ryan Mallett type players, where Kentucky all of a sudden can go can go you know run the table and, and potentially get into the SEC championship. You look at it. It, I haven't watched Kentucky this year, so I don't know exactly whether they have any of those caliber players. But when you look at the East, it's definitely there for the taking. Uh, I think Tennessee is very beatable. They're not as dominant as they were last year. Georgia's not doesn't appear to be as dominant as they've been the last two years. Florida's in the outhouse. South Carolina's yeah. not as good as everybody thought they were going to be. I mean, you just you just chop, you just get to chopping on the East side of that this conference, man. There's a real hell. The West too. Who, who am I talking yeah. to? The West side too. There's a real chance for us to have two teams in the SEC championship that haven't been there in a while. Do you expect Alabama to go on and win the West? Obviously, they got a huge test at A&M this weekend. Give me your thoughts on that game before we let you go here, and we'll we'll talk more man, about it on Friday. I, I, Justin, I think it's a toss-up, man. I, I think you got LSU, Alabama, and and I, and I think A&M is in that conversation. And, and when I look at 
at, at those three football teams. I think I believe in LSU and A&M more than I do Alabama at this point in time. Uh, even though even though LSU has did lose this weekend, I, I still think that they're all they're all gettable. And, and if I'm being completely honest, when you look at 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 who who is has a chance to peak at the right time, hell, I think it's A and M, man. I mean, I think A and M's got a chance to be to be even better than what we saw this weekend. I think Max Johnson, the timing of him being the quarterback in Bob Petrino's offense is good. So. I don't think Alabama wins the West. I think it's either LSU or A&M. If I had to put money on it right now, I'd probably say A&M. Well, you don't have to. That's the good news. But uh, we'll get your thoughts again <laughs> on Friday as we preview that one. That's a big game this weekend. Kentucky-Georgia this weekend as well. So we'll see if their pretenders are going to be real contenders. And obviously Georgia's been, uh, it looks like, living on borrowed time. But we'll see if they put their foot on the gas a little bit here as they get into the meat of their schedule moving forward. But, Clint, good stuff today. Thank you. And uh, we're going to try to lift up some spirits here. we got a pretty good lineup for Jim McMahon, the Chicago Bear legend, who's going to join us here at the Little Rock Touchdown Club in just a few minutes. You guys are kind of similar. You guys are a little bit brash the way you played the game. Kind of a reckless, reckless abandon. I'm a fan, man. I'm a fan. I got to spend some time with him a, a while. It's been, it's been several years now. Fort Smith, he was speaking at an event. Uh, boy, he's a hoop, man. Y'all going to have a good time now. Yeah, can't wait. Clint, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you and Motorsports Authority. We'll talk to you Friday. All right, brother. Y'all be good. Very good. That is Clint Sterner. Heading into the break, tell you about our friends at Guadney Chevrolet. They're ready for business. You want to lift your spirits? Go get yourself a new vehicle. That'll make you feel a little bit better, won't it? People are giving me a hard time about talking about how the size of Max Johnson's body. I didn't mean it that way. Grow up, people. Anyway, did you see Max? By the way, did you see Brad Johnson, Christian, in the stands? I did, yeah. I saw him play uh, when he was in Minnesota. In Minnesota. They were playing it in Green Bay. I was at a game at Lambeau. The only game I ever got to go to Lambeau. Um, that dude's jacked. I yeah, mean, I think he's he looks bigger than Witten now. Yeah, he looks good. Yeah, he's a monster. Anyway, but uh, his son's pretty tough. Tough, uh, tough guy to tackle as well. Anyway, it's tough to beat the deals at Guadney Chevrolet. Online at GuadneyChevrolet.com. Still offering zero percent on Silverados and great, uh, great options to get out of the vehicle you're in now. If you don't like it, you want to get a new car. Guess what? Guadney's here to help. You think you're too upside down? Give them a shot, folks. They are here to get you out of every bad contract at Guadney Chevrolet. That's part of the deal. A lot of people are like, man, I can't stand this car anymore. I don't want to drive it. I'm into a new vehicle. Guess what? They're going to help you get in the one you want to be in and out of the one you don't. It's very simple. Very simple, my friends. Get out to Guadney Chevrolet. Go online to GuadneyChevrolet.com. See the financing options. Again, 0% on Silverado's. Great financing option on Equinox as well. Great pre-owned selection as well, but always looking for a new ones. So if you've got a car to trade, you know where to go. Jacksonville, Arkansas, and get the trade done with our friends at Guatney Chevrolet. Go by and see them or go online to GuatneyChevrolet.com. Get yourself a deal. We'll check in with James a little bit later when Wes arrives. He should be here momentarily. We'll hit the break, come back, and wrap up our first hour after this. Roger Scott for Alcoa Community Federal Credit Union and their Casasa check-in accounts. With Casasa, earn up to 6% APY, cash rewards with no minimum balance, and refunds on ATM fees. Stop by Alcoa's new branch in Sheridan and open a free Casasa check-in account or apply securely online at alcoacommunityfcu.org. The Grove Hunting Club in Jefferson County has over 12,000 acres of waterfowl hunting just a short hour away from Little Rock. The Grove recently added a new pro shop and four bedrooms to their 13,000 square foot main lodge. The main also has a custom walker room. The Grove added four new private cabins for couples, or you can stay in the second lodge that's 1,800 square feet. Book your next hunting trip at The Grove. Call 870-692-3221 or email thegrovehuntingclub at gmail.com. If you're on the job day in and day out, you know living with pain in your knees, hips, back, or shoulders is miserable. The good news, QC Kinetics gets it. They understand guys like you. They don't have the luxury of taking time off. They want to keep working. We are built for those guys that want to keep working and want to stay active. So the vast majority of who we see are the blue-collar guys like me and you. 
QC Kinetics uses biologic therapies, just like pro athletes have used for years, to get you lasting pain relief with no surgery. I want you to continue working. I want you to continue exercising. The joints are made to be moved. The treatments at QC Kinetics are fast and non-invasive. It's not a lot of time commitment on your part. There is no downtime or recovery time. You don't need short-term disability with what we do. We want to keep you active. Call QC Kinetics now to set up your free no-obligation consultation. Learn how you can get real pain relief and stay on the job. Call QC Kinetics, 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. This year, elevate your style in a Cadillac. Go from bold to bolder in a stunning Escalade. From inspiring to awe-inspiring in a sophisticated CT4 or CT5. From credible to incredible in a dynamic XT4. Visit your central Arkansas Cadillac dealers. You know that crushing feeling when you click print on your PC and the doggone machine just won't print? Well, I fix that. Hello, my name's Tim Stanley. I'm the new owner of Business World, a TDS IT company. We're an IT company with a long history in the imaging channel, and I fix the printer conflict by using my Arkansas-based IT help desk. Call us at 501-374-7000 for more details on how a true IT-managed services company running your business will keep all your printers and scanners up and running all the time. For me, the sun rises and sets for the zone. Yeah. We know how you feel. Don't worry. The Zone with Justin Agri and Westmore in the Oakland Racing Casino Resort Studio is back. All right, Christian, I'm thinking about playing dead in my fantasy league. I can't win a game, and I'm thinking about uh, trading away Justin Jefferson. He's my only player that's doing anything significantly. Uh, I'm dumb, and I went with Burrow again like a moron instead of putting Purdy back at quarterback. I'm done. I'm done with fantasy. I'm done with this Razorback team. Uh, basically, you know, I got my kids' team to root for in high school, and I've got, uh, you know, UCA Bears. I mean, that's about it. I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed. Hey, I really was excited about this fantasy season. I was excited about the Razorback season, and I've been kicking the groin. Sucks. Basketball is just around the corner, though. But there's no doubt. In fact, they're having a uh, an event on Wednesday. They've got uh, their red white game on Wednesday, so they're about to get going here with their uh, with their practices. So that um, yeah, that, uh, Joe Burrow guy stinks, doesn't he? They're having a tough time right now. He'll be fine, I'm sure, long-term, but goodness. Uh, hello, listen from Cancun. Go Hogs. Thank you very much from the 870 or whatever the area code in Cancun is. This is on Southern Structural Solutions. Text line, Sam Pittman of Lake Hamilton High School next year? No, I don't think so, probably. <laughs> um, yes? I, I just chuckled. Yes. Uh, this guy says, Limmer, 310. Latham, 310+. plus. KJ, 250. Rocket or Johnson, 250 for the extra push. It's 1,100 pounds to get a yard. It's math. Definition of insanity, four weeks in a row, no doubt. What uh, from the head coach at Florida next year, and they're about to be a power. What is this? Florida's going to be a power next year? Is that I don't know mean? what he's talking about. Headhog's supposed to be an offensive line specialist, says A. Riggy. I'm not here to bash Daninos, but he sucks. <laughs> he is a whole damn problem. Fourth and one from the gun, whack. Running on first and second down, only to throw on third down, whack. Yeah, when you get first and go- first down and you get a loss, he did throw on first a couple times. I like that. Run on first and get a loss, and then you run on second down. It pisses me off. 174 yards of total offense, he says. We may not win another game, including FIU. Calm down. The offense does seem predictable, and we can get into that later, I guess. Seems? Yes. This is Pat Bradley for River City Flooring, where you can pick your payment. Get 0% interest for 12, 24, or 36 months, and River City Flooring in Maumelle is where you'll save 50% on all in-stock waterproof LVP flooring. And did you know River City Flooring carries cabinets? So stop in and let my friends at River City Flooring help you with your remodel. Kitchen, bath, living, dining, they do 